Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Sammy G, and alongside me, uh, as sooner or later, will be the Doc, and want to introduce our third member of our show, uh, Johnny, a.k.a. JZL. Sammy, Sammy, how are you doing tonight, bud? I'm good, man. Thanks for joining in. We're happy to have you, that's for sure. I'm definitely happy that after hard negotiations between my management team and the uh, Green out uh, production crew that we finally came up to terms and I'm able to be here today. <laughs> well, I'm glad that your agent was able to uh, get in touch with our our front office and get things going because we're happy to have you on. We got a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, we're going to have some great guests tonight. We're going to have Patrick Wu uh, of the uh, Senior Bowl and uh, Johnny wanted us to get some Woo! theme music. Ladies and gentlemen, later on tonight we will be introducing. Johnny has been dying to do that since he told me about it. Uh, so Patrick Rule is going to be on the show tonight. And also, former Philadelphia Eagle quarterback Jeff Garcia uh, former quarterback from a lot of places, actually, uh, but he was in Philly, so we brought him on tonight to talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, Jeff Garcia will be on the show a little later tonight as well. So we got a jam-packed uh, show for you. And also, we're going to do some call-ins uh, for some of our listeners. If anybody's looking to uh, to have some nice treats and get a nice gift certificate for one of our local businesses, we'd love to have you on. And uh, give us a call later on the show. We'll do a question and answer period or Johnny. We'll give you the opportunity to ask the uh Sure. Sounds good. And, and to go to uh, Sammy's point about uh, Garcia playing for a couple of different teams, I'm a big believer that uh, whatever team you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated for, that's the team you're known for. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Garcia went in for one year and took those guys to the playoffs in uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, so I'm guessing that uh, he, he he's uh, he, he's got some clout over there in Philadelphia. I'm sure they like him everywhere else, but definitely in uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, for sure. We're going to get things started. The doc is um, right now tied up, I believe, but he will be joining us uh, shortly. And I thought it was important to get Johnny on the show because the stock's not very dependable for You know, for you, you expect the doctors, especially, to be there when you need them the most. And yeah. apparently this guy, you know, uh, super nice guy. And, you know, I know I was brought into the show to help out a little bit, but if anything, I just want to be the the straw that stirs the drink because uh, Sammy and uh, the doc make a very good team. Uh, but for those of y'all who don't know, there's a group of about five of us that are very close and we're in a group chat together and the fireworks between the doc and Sammy off the air are what I will try to bring on the air. But cause believe you me, that will be very entertaining to listen. It's basically uh Sammy is the battered wife in this relationship between him and the dog. The doc is the abusive husband, uh, and but Sammy loves him nonetheless. They've been best friends since uh, freshman year in high school. That's right. You want to? Did you know how we became friends? I do. Uh, 
Kevin was going to run for, I think, president of his class, class and president, he yeah. heard you had a big mouth, and who better to be his uh, his uh, uh, campaign uh, officer or that's campaign a, That's manager. exactly right, actually. He thought that that was something that I would feel would bond us forever, that he called me a big mouth and decided to make me his campaign manager. So I, it's fair to say that from an early age, he knew he could verbally abuse you, and you would still <laughs> stick around. <laughs> I mean, if the guy's very first comment to you was, you have a big mouth, uh, and you're best friends for life, uh, that definitely says something about the relationship. There's no doubt about that. Well, let's get started. Let's jump into everything we got going on tonight. We got, uh, we'll have Patrick Rouge joining us shortly to recap the Senior Bowl. Um, what a great event he put on. Uh, but there's a lot of things going on right now in sports, Johnny. Uh, well, first of all, before we get into that, why don't you give our call-in number to our listeners here? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the call-in number, guys and gals, is 657-383-1684. That is 657-383-1684. And definitely. And tonight's show, although we 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 put a – a small band on that place for a little while. Well, another reason I'd like to be a part of this show as well is to help uh, Sammy and the Doc with their live reads for their sponsors because I, as much as I like these guys, they do a horrible job of advertising. Uh, like, if McDonald's was a sponsor of the show, they would sit here and say how great Burger King is. So uh, it's my job uh, to definitely try to help with the ads. And, of course, our sponsor tonight is the Oyster Pub located on Seabreeze Boulevard in Daytona Beach. Now, I can speak uh, personally on the behalf of uh, the Oyster Pub that just because uh, they are sponsored uh, doesn't mean they're going to get my glowing endorsement, but they will get it. <laughs> that is my favorite restaurant, Daytona Beach. There's a lot of places I like to go to, uh, but for example, I had my 40th birthday party there uh, a while ago in the back room. It's a great place to have a small private event. Uh, excuse me, pro- small private event. Uh, great drinks, great food. Uh, whenever I bring guests in from out of town, I always make sure to take them there to try the charred grilled oysters appetizers. Most people will say, "Oh, I don't like oysters," and I, uh, you know, people I bring in for work and I pay them a fee. I tell them I will double their fee. Uh, if they don't like these oysters, and sure enough, they end up loving them, and we get more than one dozen. Let's play. Let's play the Doc's favorite song. Real let's quick. do the. Let's do the. Let's the but yeah, definitely check it out. It's right there on Kiwi's Boulevard, right across the street from Razzle's Nightclub. Tell them uh, Bringing Out sent you. And uh, they'll make sure to take care of you. 555 Seabreeze Boulevard in Daytona Beach. Uh, no reservations needed, uh, but for big parties, please give them a call at 386-255-6348. Beautiful. Well, let's move on and let's kill the, uh, let's get rid of the uh, Blue Oyster Colts Club here. Uh, it's <laughs> the Doc's favorite, uh, favorite show It could there. be by far the best moment in the history of the Three and Out podcast is when that was introduced the very first time. Oh, my God. Well, it was just the sheer laughter. Yes. And the doc could not stop. And, and I couldn't stop because I kept hearing him laugh. It was just a – it was a nonstop. That, I believe that was an episode was- to uh, guys and gals. So if you ever go uh, – as we mentioned last week, uh, we're on iTunes now. We are. You can go to the second show. I forget what it was titled, but – it's okay. They're all they're all in order there. They're all in order. They're all Perfect. in order. So it's the yep. second show, I believe, uh, because I believe Zena's Borough Sweet Shop was the first sponsor, and Oyster Pub was the second one. That's it. And uh, if you guys could just listen to the first two minutes of that show, it's it's impressive. I I've never laughed as hard as listening to these two guys uh, when 
Doc broke that one out. That was very good. Not just an educated man, uh, not a punctual man, but uh, definitely a very funny man. I just received a text message from Patrick Wu. Okay. Unfortunately, he's going to have to uh, postpone his interview. Okay. He's got caught up in a, in a, in a meeting, and he, doesn't, he can't get out. Uh, so we're, we're not going to have Patrick Wu on tonight. Uh, we've had him on. He's a friend. He's a friend of the show. Definitely so. a friend of the show and has a lot to offer, a lot of insight, you know, dealing with the Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, and as a listener to Sirius XM uh, radio, uh, I do get to hear him once in a while. Uh, and it's cool to know that uh, we've got a relationship with a guy that's a regular calling on the show. So. And, you know, we the, speaking of, let's just dive right into the Senior Bowl, Johnny. It just happened this past weekend. Uh, you know, you and I know a little bit about All-Star Games because – your very first on air was at the Tropical Bowl here in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. Definitely, and it was uh, definitely a fun experience. And you know, uh, having the Pro Bowl just pass us this last weekend, uh, what a difference in uh, just the overall quality, performance, and play of the Pro Bowl versus uh, a smaller bowl like the Tropical Bowl. You know, senior the the, the recent Senior Bowl is a, a much bigger uh, spectacle, of course. Uh, than the tropical bowl, but regardless, you've got uh, young men who are trying to make it to the next level and showcase all their talents and skills that they possess. So, you know, whereas opposed you have the pro bowl where you've got, you know, for lack of a better term, the prima donnas that are just there to be there. <laughs> I mean, if, if there's a more boring game than the pro bowl, I would, I would not like to see it. So uh, I'm a big fan of the, of all those college all-star games where they put people together, because, those people are playing for something, those kids. So uh, I'm always a big fan of that. Yeah, and, you know, and, and so being as a, a kind of a non-biased outsider in, in the scheme of things here, the doc has been very forthright in saying and he is not a fan of the NFL and that college football is by far the better football to be watching over the weekend. What are your thoughts now that you've kind of been through a little bit now that we brought you in and you've seen a college game and now you're – we're talking about the Senior Bowl, things you probably never thought you'd do, and now you're doing it. Well, what are your thoughts? I'm a big fan of uh, uh, always, like, people trying to get from point A to point B. And it seems with – and I'm always a fan of teams, the team, the, the, the idea of a team. Uh, you know, when you're in college, it just seems to me that there's one goal, and that's for the team to do well. Uh, whereas, opposed in the NFL – you know, and I'm not trying to knock the NFL players at all because I understand it's a business and you have to look out for your best interest for yourself and your family and all that stuff. But it just seems that somehow, somewhere, the team aspect of things gets lost and it becomes a little more individual. Now, I say that for the exception of the freaking New England Patriots. I mean, those guys win with, you know, they've got to be they the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest coach of all time. Sure. But there's, uh, you know – 33 other players that play, you know, from oh, yeah. special teams of defense and offense. Uh, and they just, it doesn't seem to matter who they have. Those guys are winners. It's a combination of just having the right plays and then Belichick also being in the head of, you know, every other coach that ever existed. You know, if I was an NFL coach, my goal against the Patriots would teach my players is just to always assume we're always losing always losing, always come back, do those trick plays, do those, you know, fake punts, uh, because obviously playing your game does not work. And I read a great article this past week from a, 
I'd like to give him his name, his him credit, but I forget his name is from a New England sports writer who was uh, making fun of Americans that Americans love to be winners, but they hate winners. They hate seeing greatness. So you've got we're witnessing now the New England Patriots, who is the greatest stretch of an NFL team in the history, but America hates them. And he said, you know, not to uh, blame the. Uh, because your teams are mediocre, don't hate on the greatness of the Patriots. It's because your team can't get to the Super Bowl. Sure. And for the exception of the Philadelphia Eagles, we apologize, but your mediocre team did make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, well, let, me, just, let me ask you this, Johnny. The, the New England Patriots are, like you said, they're a monster, right? In the college football, that team would be who? I in, in the 90s, I would say. No, right now. No, no, I would like to say in the 90s, University of Florida. <laughs> no, but of course now it's University of Alabama, right. who happens to be Nick Saban as a disciple of Bill Belichick. So here's here's my point, though. So in college football, Nick Saban's guys are all getting hired out, and they're going on, and they're being successful, like Kirby Smart. Yep. And these guys are you now Tennessee just Jeremy got, Pruitt. Yeah, Jeremy Pruitt. Yep. Just, so. Why aren't the NFL now one – I believe one is going to make the move. Josh McDaniel is going to move to and be the head coach at the Indianapolis Colts. You think you're going to see the, the Colts having success now? Is it taking the the understudies of the masterminds, making them better? Are they going to make it – is he going to make that organization better? Well, I'm trying to think. For the exception of Jimbo, I don't – and now Kirby, of course – all those saving assistants haven't done that well in the in their college teams. If I, and then for, if Lane, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. I mean, he's going to do fine. I think Lane, Lane's, yeah. Lane's going to be the Donald Trump of college football, which isn't a bad thing or a good thing, but he's just going to be – he knows how to play social media. He knows how to do things well. Now, for Belichick, you know, Josh McDaniel was the Denver Broncos head coach that, uh, that drafted Tim Tebow. Right. And he never got a chance to stay there that long. And I don't remember if Belichick's assistants do well, but Charlie Weiss, you know, had an okay beginning at Notre Dame. And then he just – what Charlie Weiss is great at is getting people to pay him a lot of money to lose football games. And so – but it seems they always seem to go back to New England, uh, and they stay there, and he's losing, I think, both his defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's going to lose Josh McDaniels, his offensive coordinator, and he's going to lose Matt Patricia. Uh, his defensive coordinator this year. There's been talk that Belichick might even retire after this year. Or go to the Giants. Or go, yeah, or go somewhere else. But I think the Giants actually uh, signed Pat Shermer. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just, you know, when you have the understudies going out and they're being successful, maybe it's an opportunity now for other teams to be successful and we can stop waiting to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl every year. As long as Brady is on that team, as long as Belichick is there, and Brady just seems to never get hit, <laughs> he's going to play till he's 50 years old. Oh, I mean, yeah. he has not – he is still as good as he was a couple years ago. Yeah. He's slow. I mean, he definitely looks slow out there, but he does a great job of getting rid of the ball before he gets hit. Uh, and, you know, I remember his dad, uh, Tom Brady's father, saying that eventually it's going to end horribly bad for his son and the Patriots. Because oh, yeah. Tom is a competitor, and he's going to want to be playing until he's 60 years old. Sure. And, you know, Belichick ain't going to let that happen. Nope. So, and they've got issues right now going with, uh, you know, the Tom Brady's trainer and oh, yeah. uh, that three-way war between Kraft and Brady. Belichick and Brady. Yeah, so, yeah. But whoever's got the most money at the end of the day wins. So Robert Kraft will win that. So It's possible. Moving on to some other news, Johnny. I don't know if you saw this about this uh, Jay-Z and Colin Kaepernick this past weekend. Jay-Z was on the Van Jones show. 
uh, on CNN. I believe he's on fake news, CNN. Okay. Right. Uh, and uh, allegedly, allegedly fake news, correct. <laughs> and he asked Jay Z uh, about Colin Kaepernick, and Colin Kaepernick, or excuse me, Jay Z referred to Colin Kaepernick as an iconic figure, and to put his name next to Muhammad Ali. Well, you know, I'm one of those. Uh, when it comes to Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier argument, I'm a big, I'm a, I like Joe Frazier than Muhammad more than I do Muhammad Ali. Now, Sammy, you know me pretty well, and people out there don't know me as well as you do. But I like to be uh, definitely a little bit braggadocious slash narcissistic. But at the same time, I was taught somewhat humility. And so I just never liked the way that Muhammad Ali attacked Joe Frazier after hearing some of the backstories of what, how many great things Joe Frazier did for Muhammad Ali in his life to help him out when he was struggling in the very beginning and then have Muhammad Ali turn his back on him. But going back to the Colin Kaepernick thing, you know, I still don't know how I feel about that whole situation. It's a very sensitive subject. Uh, I'm a firm believer of, you know, this is the greatest country in the United States. Does it have flaws and everything? Correct. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of men and women that died for us to have the freedoms that we do. And to kneel or to sit at the national anthem is, a, I think, a form of disrespect. But it is America. They are allowed to do it. Uh, so I'm fine with everyone's right to do whatever they want as long as it doesn't infringe on any of my rights or beliefs. But if I was an NFL owner, you know, uh, especially when you're dealing with a, a business, uh, you know, uh, uh, and doing an act like that, kneeling at the national anthem, could cost me money as an owner. So if I've got a player that's kneeling for the national anthem, and now I've got people going to boycott my games because of it, I'm like, dude, I'd make it in their contract. You have to stand for the national anthem. It's just part of being an employee. Like, you know, when you're here on the clock, you're going to do what you're supposed to do, and if you don't like it, you go on another team. Sure. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's uh, – uh, the introduction, I don't mean to get off subject, but I know we're going to talk about with the XFL coming here uh, in the next couple of years. <clears throat> if you notice what Vince McMahon is going to go after, you know, it, it, he's friends with Donald Trump. He, Donald Trump definitely has a targeted audience that loves him no matter what he says or what he does. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if all the XFL teams are in cities where there's a NASCAR stadium, because if you look in the red states, if you will. So if you look who what they're going for, they're going to go after uh, players that uh, have no arrests, yep. and you're going to be forced to stand on the national anthem. Yep. Who do you think they're going for? So if they're smart, if I was Vince McMahon, I would follow the uh, the Donald Trump game plan. Uh, you might not have the entire audience of the United States, but the audience you do have, the NASCAR-type audience, which is uh, right-wing and, like, you know, very conservative, they are very passionate about the things they like. So they spend money, and they, you know, follow who they want to follow. And then my second phone call would be to Tim Tebow. So I think, you know, uh, you know, I keep thinking of him as a 25-year-old kid, but he's probably 31, 32 now. Uh, but I think that would be a huge uh, acquisition uh, for the XFL because whatever you say about Tim Tebow, if he, he was good enough or not good enough to be in in the NFL, uh, I know as a Gator fan, 
watching him in the NFL that one year where he had, I think, seven fourth quarter comebacks or something like that was the most fun year I have ever had watching NFL. And it had nothing to do with the fact that he's a Florida Gator. It was just the most exciting two not, minutes not, not, not of at football. All. The two, no, never. It was the most exciting two minutes of a football game uh, that I could watch for that whole entire season. Well, let me tell you, I've often heard that no Gator fan can go without saying Tim Tebow's name <laughs> and, some, and never say it's about him being a Gator. But you're right. Uh, the XFL's coming out. Vince McMahon had a huge press conference about it. Uh, and when asked about standing and kneeling, he made it very clear, you will stand for the national anthem or you won't be employed in the XFL. He also made it very clear that people with DUIs and Johnny, Johnny Manziel's name was brought to his attention, and he said no, that Johnny Manziel would not be playing in the XFL. So it looks like he's trying to recreate a, a very good league and use you know good character guys, but guys who want to play. I, too, think Tim Tebow would be a guy that he would target uh, in a league like that. We don't know where Manziel has been arrested. He has a DUI. Yeah, okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, because that would have been my second phone call. To be honest, Johnny Manziel is going to be in Canada next year. Okay, he's not going to be playing in the XFL. He's got, he's got. Well, I say that at the same time when you know, when the demand comes for him and he's he brings in you know a yeah. million dollars. That they're all they're all of a sudden going to change what they're doing. But no, you know nobody wants. I, I, I don't know about you. I'm tired of hearing. Athletes and celebrities be political, man. No, they're they're here to entertain. Yeah, they're here to entertain us. Entertain me. I don't want to hear about kneeling. I don't want to hear about me too's. I don't want to hear about anything anymore. Um, it's it's kind of so overblown with me. And yeah, it sucks. And you know, it is what it is. But I I heard a show. This Frenchman, a Frenchman said, uh-huh. men are always going to try to seduce women. There's a very fine line between seducing and raping. Every man goes out with the intention to seduce a woman, no matter what they do. That's just the DNA of a man. So this whole Me Too stuff is just kind of, listen, it, it's, there's no coincidence, and I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash. There's no coincidence that most of these claims came out after everybody was successful. Yeah. These claims didn't come out when they were first starting in the business. Now they're all successful, and they want to say these things. But – this is a sports radio show. We're not going to get into that either. Yeah. So look, you got, if you got something to say, go ahead. Let's hear it. I, I was just going to say, you know, and uh, dealing with what Kaepernick was kneeling for had nothing to do with the American flag or the military or anything like that. So my opinion is if you want to protest uh, police brutality is you take up something locally with your local police group. Uh, from the town you're in, which in his case is San Francisco. Right. So, I mean, he should have, I don't know, just try to be a more vocal voice. Uh, sure. Do something with the charities there. And, uh, yeah, it just went too far. I mean, it, for, in my opinion, it just went too far. I you agree. Know, the Black Panther, the fists up, you know, I understand those things are part of our history, but it just, it, the whole. And it's kept him from getting a job. Yeah. I thought he was quite, a, I thought that year the, where they went to the Super Bowl, what a great year he and had. And the whole kneeling, the whole kneeling lost its, perspective like yeah. what it was meant for the first kneel what it was meant it's kind of like the whisper game you got 30 people in a line one whisper starts on the end but you say blue on the end by the time it gets to the end it's pink yeah and that's kind of what's happened here it's kind of watered itself down we've kind of all lost you know what it, this was really about and it's just gotten way out of hand so with the new league coming in i think it's going to be awesome you know it's an opportunity it's going to it's going to conflict a little bit with the canadian football league it's gonna, they're going to kind of want to play in the same time 
And you know what, Sammy? Uh, something I I never even thought of the Canadian Football League, but I definitely don't think it's competition for the NFL. I do think it might hurt the college game a little bit because if they have that NFL has that, uh, you have to be out of high school for three years. Right. I, I believe Vince said you can come right out of high school well, to play that, there. I, to me, that's not going to work because I don't think kids are physically ready to play at, at 17 and 18. I, I agree, yeah. but I still think if there's a, a chance to make some money before yeah. you go to the NFL and some kids need Well, that's, that's going to be the problem, though, because if they do that and they sign with an agent, according to the NCAA, you cannot go to college. Once you take money to play, oh, I understand that, but they might take the money for a couple of years in the XFL and then go to the NFL, like skip college. Yeah, they, they they can try to do that, but then what kind of a league? You're essentially having a college football league if you do that with XFL. I agree. So I don't know that that's going to work. I, I think they're going to have to change that. Uh, to me, that's that that would be the ultimate dumb move for the XFL. Well, it's like I said with Robert Kraft, whoever has the most money wins. And so the XFL, as long as the NFL is making more money, they're never going to lose players to the XFL because no one's going to pay more than the NFL does. Sure. Uh, and players only play for two things, I believe, either playing time or money. That's, right. you know, the two driving forces. Uh, but at the NFL level, the money sometimes is just so much more valuable than the playing time because there's such a short window of opportunity for these guys uh, to play a career in sports. All right. And speaking of playing for money, uh, let, let's change directions real quick. I don't know if you saw this recently in the paper or, or in online, but there's been uh, – there, I don't know if you heard the name James Wilder Jr. Do you remember that name, running back from Florida State? He no. went to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Things didn't work out. And he went and signed a two-year deal in Canada. And he played this year as a rookie in Canada. He was the rookie of the year in Canada for the Toronto Argos. He led their team – to the Grey Cup Championship, and now, after he signed his two-year contract, he is now for basically telling the team to let him go so he can seek NFL opportunities, even though his contract says he had a one-plus-one deal, which meant he had a one-year contract and then the club option to keep him for the second year. The club opted to keep him. He wants out, and now he's threatening to sit out the entire 2018 season in order to go – and play uh, in the NFL. And what he's saying is he's doing that because he can't compl- he can't play for $62,000 again, even though when he signed his contract originally, he knew what the money was and he knew what he was getting. So now he doesn't, he thinks playing that and getting taxed in Canada. So after 62, it's 38, whatever it is. He doesn't think that putting his body on the line now, because when he needed the opportunity, he was all for it. He would have walked on fire, nails, and shard glass this year to get an opportunity. But now that he's gone through and did, had success, now he's going to put the, the team to uh, hold him to the fire. And actually, he's threatened to sit out the entire season. And he went to Florida State? He's a Florida State running back. He must have gone to their business ethics uh, program. Sure. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm a big believer in you finishing out. You know, you've only got one life. you only got one word. Uh, you give someone your word to do something, you fulfill that promise. Uh, let me ask you this. Does he already have uh, uh, an offer from an NFL team? Well, that, that is unclear. Okay. Um, that is unclear. So he wants to sit out just for the opportunity to go back. Yeah, because well, yeah, he feels like he could go now and get an opportunity to play um, in the NFL based on the season that he had. Um, and, and, and here, here's a direct quote. It says, it's a decision I've prayed on while speaking at length with the people closest to me including my mentors. I wish it could be different. 
I don't want to put my football dreams aside, but as father of four, keep that in mind. I'm going to go back to that. Mm -hmm. Playing for $56,000 Canadian, almost 45,000 U.S., without any protection from career-ending injury, isn't enough to give my family comfort. What is the average salary of a Canadian football player? Fifty-four, fifty-six thousand. That that's, that's the rookie contract. That's the rookie contract. Okay. Yep. Who's the high? Do you know who the highest paid? I don't. Uh, okay. Usually a quarterback is the highest paid. Is it a million? Is no, no, no. They're just in the, the the low three figures, low six figures. Got either. it. So let me go back to this. I hate I hate when somebody says, but as a, as a father of four, you're talking about a 24 year old kid, mm-hmm. maybe 25. In my in my day growing up, you were supposed to have secured finances before you have four four children. Well, what if it wasn't for the opportunity that the Argonauts gave him? Like, what would he be doing? He'd be on right the street now? right now doing nothing. You don't know that he. I mean, he might be. You know, he would be. He would, he was cut. He had nowhere to go. That's why he opted to go to Canada. He wouldn't be playing football. He might be working at Wendy's, but he wouldn't be playing football. So I assume he didn't get a diploma from. State, I, I, that I could not tell you. I mean, he's from Tampa originally, went to play in high school. Very, very uh, popular high school with a lot of NFL players that have come out of there. Uh, he was an All-American at a high school. Uh, he was like considered he, the number one athlete recruit in the nation by Rivals.com. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. And which, okay, but again, that obviously doesn't do much for you because no. he went undrafted in the NFL. And he spent... Did one he win a season. title? Was he there with Jameis Winston? Uh, I believe he was. Yeah. Okay. He won one season, and and, and let me get, let, I'll go back to this because I like James Water. He did some good things this year too. But played one season with the Bengals. He was on the practice roster. It looks like he had a cup of coffee in Buffalo with the Bills, and then from there he sat out. Looks like all of sixteen, and then went to Toronto because he didn't have any NFL offers. Then he went to there to uh, Toronto this year. He, he was a great Cup champion. He won the most outstanding rookie. Uh, yeah, he won the national championship yep. in 14. I mean, he's done a lot of things. This is obviously some negative publicity that he's getting, and, and I, I, I don't particularly agree with what he's doing. I don't like when, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, is that his name from Stanford? Yeah. Now, that, uh, when he sat his bowl game. Like, yeah. You know, I hate when, uh, uh, you know, I believe there's insurance you can buy now that, you know, if you're going to be a first-round pick, yeah. uh, if you get you, you figure out what your estimated sure. contract's going to be, yep. you put assurance against it, and you play with your team. Yeah, you they, finish out where you're supposed to finish. You have player insurance now. You're absolutely right. And see, and like this, what it says here in Buffalo, he was there, and he basically uh, he got hurt and was released. He didn't even play all of 16 and then sat out 17. So he, he sat out from September of 16 until this past season of May of 17 in which he played. Um, one thing that he did well this year, and one thing I respected, I actually reached out to him, was um, during the month of October, he he donated. Okay, so he only made $54,000. He donated $1,000 for every time he scored a touchdown in the month of October to Breast Cancer Awareness. Wow. And then, not only that, it actually took off. And some of his former teammates in the NFL, like Devontae Freeman, uh, some of those other uh, Florida State guys, and some other running backs also caught wind of it. They too, awesome, did that. So the kid's a good kid. Well, that's not see. That's something that you don't hear about too much. You no. always hear the bad stuff. And so I was glad, you know, glad we're able to give both sides of uh, 
uh, of what uh, a person is doing. Now, let me, is there, did he get affected by a family member? Do you know what the reason I'm not, for that I'm not was? sure of, of the story of why he did that. Um, but, you know, he left college early. And how many touchdowns did he have? Do we know that? I think he scored like 10 in the month. Oh, month wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's going to hurt the wallet. <laughs> yeah. I would have kneeled at the one yard sure. line a couple of times. <laughs> and maybe he forgot to take that into account <laughs> when, you know, Mary, uh, you know, he's going to have that $10,000 uh, if he doesn't do that again this year. Um, but, you know, he left school early from Florida State to pursue a career. I'm guessing because he started having children and he wanted yeah. to provide for a family. Obviously not. He's 25 years old. He's got four children. And he went undrafted, though? He went undrafted. Oh, yeah, he was an undrafted guy, um, and, and it's just – Well, I'm glad to hear he uh, – I'm glad to hear when professional athletes do something nice like that. Yeah, no, he's a great kid. I mean, yeah. and he – Just misguided right now. Yeah, right, right now he's 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 listening to somebody who's telling him, hey, you shouldn't go play your second year because you can go to the NFL. Well – And his dad played for the Bucks. Yeah, right? yeah. That's okay. James Wilder Sr., exactly right. So – you know, that's what's going on with him. I particularly think he needs to play out his year. Um, although, if he doesn't, good for the CFL. They won't have to, they won't have to play him. Yeah, I wonder who he's listening to. I hope it's not the same people I told him to leave early for college. Yeah, and that's, so. that's another thing. Why did he leave early? Maybe he, was, he wanted to come out and, and get an opportunity. Maybe he was failing out. That's another reason. He might not have had the grades to go back. Maybe. So he said, hey, I can get out. Let me get out and do that. Uh, a lot of kids do that, believe it or not. That goes unsaid, too. Um, but again, I don't, I don't want to speculate because I don't know, I don't know exactly why he did that. Um, but I think James Wilder is a good guy. Uh, I just think right now in this situation, it's not going great for him per se. Um, but you know, hopefully he'll figure it out and I'm guessing he'll do the, the best decision because guess what? If he sits out, guess how much money he makes, uh, when, when he sits out. Awesome. Well, that's a very good point to me. Hey, if any of you guys want to join in our conversation tonight, please feel free to give us a call at 657 657- That's 657-383-1684. You're listening to another edition of 3 and Out uh, with Sammy G. Doc's not here tonight, and this is Johnny helping out. That's it. And we're going to have Jeff Garcia coming up here shortly, uh, former quarterback of the uh, every team, basically. And Jeff actually started in the CFL, too, with the Calgary St. Peters, Uh, but also with the Niners, Browns, Lions, Philadelphia Eagles, who are now in the Super Bowl. We'll get to talk to him about his time in Philadelphia, played in Tampa, Oakland, uh, went back to Philly, played the UFL for the Omaha Nighthawks, and then for the Houston Texans, and then did some coaching stints up in Montreal in the Canadian League, and also with the St. Louis Rams. Four-time Pro Bowler, four-time Division West All-Star, I mean, Grey Cup champ, MVP, I mean, the list goes on. This guy's a Hall of Famer, by the way. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen his uh, his stats, uh, but Jeff, is, I think, is gonna should be in, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, with a with a passer rating eighty seven point five, um, and it just it's unbelievable. I mean, he had those awesome runs with Terrell Owens. Oh yeah, yeah, you know he did he did great. I mean, the guy was a pretty good. Went to San Jose State. Uh, I mean, he 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 was he was pretty good, man. And you know, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think Jeff Garcia was the first guy that came out with a glove on his hand. Oh yeah, playing full time with a glove. So we'll have to give him some credit for that as well. Uh, but yeah, feel free to give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. I uh, want to thank, obviously, our sponsor tonight, Oyster Pub, Johnny's favorite restaurant in town. Uh, you can see them at 555 Seabreeze Boulevard in Daytona Beach, Florida, or call them at 386-255-6348. Uh, 
to uh, book your reservation or call in a takeout order? Best place to have a company party. Uh, we, you know, I mentioned my 40th birthday party. We also do our uh, company Christmas party there every year. That back room is fantastic to do meetings or uh, small events. Uh, I think it fits up to 100 people, but it could do something as intimate as 5 to 10. So, uh, definitely give them a shout out. Great drinks, uh, great prices. It's a really good value. Uh, the food is just fantastic. Like I said, right across the street from Razzle's nightclub, right there on Seabreeze Boulevard. We didn't have Patrick Wu on tonight, uh, the scouting coordinator for the Risa Senior Bowl. Uh, but I did want to mention a couple of the guys that played in that game where some of the guys on our all-Florida offensive and defensive teams, our, our first annual three-and-out offensive and defensive teams. In fact, they started off scoring with uh, Traquan Smith uh, from UCF. Uh, he, he was our first team wide receiver uh, and I think Traquan Smith is, is the best receiver in this draft. I think I like his size. I like what he does running-wise. He can catch any ball thrown to him. Uh, he goes up and gets the ball at its highest point. So I think he's going to be a, a phenomenal player going forward. Also, some good news from this game, too, was uh, Shaquem Griffin, who was on our first-team all-defensive team, was uh, actually invited to the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. That's today. wonderful. And that Shaquem is the gentleman with the one hand from uh, lost it from a birth uh, a surgery from a complication yeah. from a birth defect. I believe they call it a uh, amniotic band syndrome, and I'm sure the doc will be on to tell me if I did that right or not uh, at some point. But yes, Shaquem Griffin uh, is going to be uh, invited to the uh, scouting combine, and I saw a tweet from Todd McShay today. Uh, where he said he was well-deserved, and he is. He's, he's probably one of the better defensive players in the country. Um, Braxton Berrios also played in the game, uh, wide receiver from University of Miami, probably the next version of uh, Amendola and, and Julian Edelman and Cole Beasley and uh, Brandon Cooks and Tavon Austin. The guy can do pretty much everything. Uh, he gets open. He runs good routes. He's a punt returner. Uh, he, he's going to have a pretty, pretty lengthy career uh, in, in the NFL as well. Um, also, our punter, Johnny Townsend, uh, played in that game. Uh, so, you know, University of Florida, Johnny Townsend. Nice to see here. There's actually a couple of University of Florida players in the game, surprisingly. I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> there was more than eyes. one. I, I don't know how that happened. I may, apparently, they didn't go to the same same games that I went to <laughs> and, and saw the same guys that I saw. But I believe Duke, Duke Dawson was also in this game. And he's a Florida guy. And the South definitely put a, a whipping on him. Yeah, Duke Dawson was in there. Johnny Townsend from Florida. Uh, you know, one guy I did not see was Taven Bryan. Uh, he probably said, I don't need to do this. I'm going to be a top 10 draft pick anyway. Um, and I know uh, 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 my Heisman winner, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. But he was there. I, what's his, I forget his uh, name right now. Uh, uh, Field. The uh, Baker, uh, Baker Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Uh, he, he was there for the, uh, I think, like the practice and stuff. I don't think he you played. Know, he played actually. Did he play? Yeah, yeah, okay. He played. I thought there was rumor that he wasn't going to. No, he, he was there. Yeah, he took some reps, definitely. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, we had uh, a couple of Florida State guys, which is shocking to me that they even made it. Um, the guy that I, I like the most, though, in this game, uh, not one of our guys at all, uh, but I, I scouted him this year with Syra Neal. Uh, from Jacksonville State University, DB, six foot two oh six safety. Guy's unreal, man. I, I watched him play against Georgia Tech this year. Had a phenomenal, phenomenal game against them, and uh, it, it just something. I just, there was, you, when you see a guy, sometimes you're like, man, that guy's a guy. 
that was the guy I saw all year, and I've been a big fan of his. Uh, and so uh, hopefully he uh, he does well. I, I'm going to almost guarantee he's drafted this year. There, it would shock me if he's not. Uh, we're going to have Jeff Garcia on here in the next few minutes, guys, so please give us a call, 657-383-1684. If, if anybody have any questions uh, about, uh, about the Super Bowl or about Jeff and what he's done uh, and where he's going to be, uh, please give us a call. You know, he's a, he's coaching now, so maybe he's going to be an XFL guy. Maybe he's going to be an Oakland Raider guy. We don't know. You know, he's a California native, so we'll, we'll ask him those questions uh, and see what he has to say. And also, we're going to talk about this new website that came out called Fancom.Fans. I don't know if you've seen that at all. Have you seen that? I have not. Fancom.Fans is a interactive website uh, where the players actually own the website, and you can go in – and you can actually have a dialect with actual players oh, wow. from the NFL, uh, former and current. So uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Jeff Garcia is also a part of that as well. Um, and we actually have a mutual friend, uh, George Cholis. Do you know George, George Cholis? That's uh, one of our local uh, Greeks cousins from uh, that owns Agoracom up in Toronto. Okay. He's the founder of the site. Uh, he created this site uh, with some good intentions, but – it's got guys like Brian Westbrook, Santana Moss, Jeff Garcia, uh, Simeon Rice, uh, you know, uh, McFadden, what's this guy, Mike Mc, or, uh, McFadden from uh, from uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, just a, a host of old school guys and new school guys, current guys playing. Uh, so it's pretty cool. And uh, it gives an opportunity for the fans to kind of to get right in and, and be a part of what's going on. Um, they got AJ Francis, uh, Byron Chamberlain's on here. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just pretty cool, man. And we're going to talk to Jeff about it and see what he thinks. And, uh, if we go through here, we can check out some of these players that you see here, Brian Mitchell, Amani Edwards, Brian McFadden, who is who I was thinking about, uh, Ike Reese, Eric Ernest Biner. You remember John Randall, John Randall, uh, Hall of Famer, John Randall, definitely, uh, Jermichael Finley, uh, Santana, Simeon. So, the names just go on, and they're building this website. Uh, and the way this works is these these players that are signed up are actually the owners of the of the website, so they share and actually all the revenue. Oh, great! And so this is like an opportunity for former guys who are out of the game to be still to be a part. Uh, they can actually interact with fans and have dialect and conversation. They do a lot of uh, like uh, periscoping for them. Uh, they actually just believe it or not, Fancom just had a raffle and gave away two Super Bowl tickets. So, and they gave away two Pro Bowl tickets. Those aren't cheap. No. So, they're doing a lot of good things, and we're going to talk to, uh, we're going to talk to Jeff about it here uh, any minute now. He, he should be calling in. In fact, I believe we got him coming in now, so we'll go ahead, we'll go ahead and bring, uh, bring Jeff in here uh, as soon as we can. Uh, and I believe that's Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, how you doing, buddy? It's Sammy. Hey, I'm good. What's happening, Sammy? I'm doing all right, buddy. You're on with me and, and Johnny here on the uh, Three and Out show. We appreciate you having you on tonight. Sure thing. Are you uh, are you are you upset that you're missing the State of the Union? Because if you are, I do apologize. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not upset. It's uh, <laughs> one of those things. I'm I'm not too in tune with right now, so probably my own bad. But uh, my kids have been keeping me busy, so taking Good. a break from them. Uh, well, we apologize. We'll get you back to them as soon as we can. Uh, Jeff, well, obviously, it's a big week for the Philadelphia Eagles, and being a past member of the Eagles, man, we wanted to bring you on and have, maybe talk a little bit about you, about the talk with you about the culture in Philadelphia and what, what those guys are experiencing right now uh, in Philly. 
Uh, I know you were there for for a couple stints, and if I'm not mistaken, you took them to the playoffs uh, in 2000 and was that 2009? 2006 season. 2006. 2007 playoffs. Yep. Okay. And talk yeah, to us I mean, a little bit about been, how, how was it there? Oh, it's an incredible city. I mean, they're they're diehard. They're loyal to their team. I mean, almost to a to a point of being a love hate relationship. I mean, their week really. Uh, depends upon how the Eagles do on Sunday. And I felt that. I was a part of that. I was a part of that excitement, especially when we got things turned around. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, when I stepped in in that 2006 season, after Donovan McNabb got hurt, we were 5-5. Five and five. I'm sure most of the city, if not all of the city, thought that the season was pretty much over. And... Uh, when I stepped on the field and uh, started leading the team, all of a sudden things started to turn around and change, and we went on a bit of a, a winning streak and ended up winning the division in that year. And, um, you know, the city just really embraced me as a player. I think they saw me as as really similar to them in the sense of the mentality, just a grinder, uh, a tough competitor, uh, somebody who's going to do anything to make it happen. And, and I think in that way, they just uh, embraced me as one of their own and, and have always um, had good, good, good feelings or good vibes toward me. I, I don't think that's uh, the same for everybody that goes through Philadelphia, that experiences uh, their, their professional career in Philly. But I've been fortunate enough to have in that one year just a, a great, a great year in a lot of ways and a lot of fun. And uh, when they're behind you, they're, they're loyal as can be. And, uh, and they'll go to battle for you. When you went back uh, in 2009, did you just, did you feel it as well? Uh, Did you feel that, that they, that the the love was gone and they, they just kind of reignited when they saw you? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like they did definitely remember, obviously it only been a couple seasons prior to that so there was still uh still that feeling and and really i felt that more recently i think obviously when Wentz went down i think a lot of people again felt like gosh here we were having a great year and and a great young quarterback and all of a sudden he gets injured and and who knows what direction this team is going to go now and uh, i had a lot of a lot of philly fans reaching out to me through social media saying, hey, Jeff, are you ready? Can you still play? Come back and save our team, you know? And, and so it, it's a good feeling to get that from the fans and to know that they appreciate me and appreciated what I did in that year and, and the connection that we had. And I think, you know, I was doing some, some autograph signings at, like, local stores at the end of that season in 2006, and you talk about, people waiting in line all day just to get an autograph. And I mean, just the, the loyalty and the, and, and the passion that they have toward, toward the, when they have a connection with someone, they, they just really support through and through. And I think in a lot of ways, Nick Foles is going through that right now. I mean, I think there were a lot of questions, a lot of doubts as to what he can do, especially early on when he stepped on the field. They weren't sure if he was the guy that could lead them, but all of a sudden, especially with the last game, he has definitely turned a lot of people into believers. 
and uh, and reignited that city, and obviously now taking them into the final game, uh, the the most important game uh, of the season is, is just uh, it, it's just a great great situation right there in Philly right now. Hey Jeff, this is Johnny. It's an honor to speak to you tonight. I have a question for you. What advice would you give uh, Nick Foles? Uh, you know, kind of going forward, uh, kind of being in the same position you were back in 2006, 2007. Is there something you know that, uh, uh, like, anything you picked up that you wish you knew uh, back then, or anything like that? Well, I think just um, preparation is so important and to just this is your final week to just grind it out to be to live eat breathe football and uh to really prepare yourself in in studying your game plan uh studying the film uh, studying your opponent and then trusting your teammates i think that's so important you got to this point right now because you have a great group of teammates around you. It's not because uh, it was just you. Uh, You were a part of it. You were a spoke in the wheel, but understand that your teammates can help you. Just like in the last game against Minnesota, he put the ball out there for his guys. They made plays for him. Uh, He trusted in his protection. He stayed in the pocket longer than he probably more than likely felt comfortable doing. But in doing so, he understood and was aware that he had the time to look down the field to find Jeffries on that long touchdown pass uh, during that game, to do those certain things, to trust in your teammates and allow them to help you uh, be successful on the field. Don't think like you have to play perfectly in order for your team to win the football game. Go out and just execute the game plan. He's got a great coaching staff around him. Guys who understand the quarterback position, which I think is so important. When you have a head coach who is a former quarterback in the National Football League who understands how to play the position, how to prepare that position, how to put that position in positive situations, and then an offensive coordinator in Frank Reich who also played the position for a long uh, long tenure in the NFL, you have guys that that understand how to make it work and trust in them, trust in your teammates, trust in your abilities to go out there and, and, and be successful. And I think if he does that and, and plays in the sense of, hey, we're the underdog, we have nothing to lose, let's go out and have fun and see how great we can be today, uh, it's a great position to be in that he's in right now. Nobody expected him to be leading this team into the Super Bowl. So uh, if, if you look at it that way, hey, the pressure's on New England to come out and win this game. It's not on Philadelphia. And, you know, I did not know that Frank Reich, you know, I guess I never put two and two together, but he too, wasn't he a quarterback that took over for Jim Kelly and then had that amazing game against the Houston Oilers uh, where they came back? Oh, so yeah. he too had One, experience uh, coming in oh. and uh, – up the starters position as well with without a doubt I mean hey one of the greatest comebacks in NFL playoff history if not the greatest comeback in NFL playoff history was the one orchestrated by him against Houston and here's a guy that uh, was with Buffalo was in the National Football League well over 10 years if I'm not mistaken and same thing with Peterson so you got 
you have two guys that have in excess of 20-plus years of actual NFL playing experience to lend to that quarterback position, which you see that in folds. You see that how he's just developed and progressed over the last five weeks of getting a chance to start and, and go through some growing pains and get reacclimated, get more comfortable, get more confident in himself. And uh, we saw it all come together last weekend. Definitely. And, you know, you mentioned the comeback. Uh, we're talking about the, the Bills' comeback only to be rivaled by that of the Patriots last year in the Super Bowl. So let me ask you, who, who do you got for this game this weekend? Well, I'm an Eagles guy. I got to go for the Eagles. I love I'm it. also an underdog. I'm an underdog guy. I got to go for the underdog. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to take anything away from what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have accomplished uh, together. And, and to even think about what Tom Brady has done as a player, it is unprecedented that this is his eighth Super Bowl in, what, his 17th, 18th season of playing yeah. in the National Football League. He's darn near half of the years that he's played in the National Football League, he's gone to the Super Bowl. That is incredible. You're never going to see that again. I don't think we'll ever see that again in our time uh, to see one quarterback and one coach be so dominant um, in one professional league. And uh, for him to do that has been unbelievable. But, uh, yes, i got to go for uh, my Eagles. I, I'm a former Eagle, so there's no way that I can go against the Eagles. <laughs> Are you are you going to the game, Jeff? Or are you going to be watching it from home? You know, uh, it would be great to be there. Um, I don't know if I'd like to go to the cold of Minnesota <laughs> at this time <laughs> of year uh, and hang out. But uh, obviously, they have a beautiful, brand new stadium. That place looks awesome. It looks electric. But you know, I'm going to be at a gymnastics meet for my daughter. And uh, a dad's got to do what a dad's got to do. But I'm going to figure out a way where I can uh, watch this game as well because <laughs> I can't believe they scheduled gymnastics on a Sunday night during the Super Bowl. Who does that? Yeah, Come that's on. like somebody that's like somebody scheduling the State of the Union when a three and out show is going live <laughs> uh, on iTunes. Right. I mean, just, right. just to I make mean, it who does that? Whoever's scheduling, they got to work on the scheduling. Jeff, a couple more questions well, I have for you. I wanted to ask you, yeah. I don't know if you've been watching. We talked earlier. Uh, I know that you obviously you started as a uh, Calgary Stampede or as a player. I know you've coached up in Montreal as well. I don't know if you've been keeping up with the James Wilder story that's going on up there right now uh, in Toronto. Have you, have, you, have you heard about that at all? I have not. I have not heard about it. James Wilder, who, who sat out 2016 and – came to Toronto 2017 this year. They won the Grey Cup. He, he was Rookie of the Year. Uh, he signed a one-plus-one to go back, you know, obviously this year. Has now said he's going to sit out the season if he's not released to go play in the NFL because he's got four children and he needs to provide for his family and he doesn't want to risk injury and only make $56,000 a year. Right. But I guess he, he was willing to risk, risk that injury this first year knowing that he was only making $56,000 a year. But now that he had a good season, he wants to kind of renege and get out of that contract and, and go to the NFL. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that's the, the battle that a lot of American 
athletes, American football players have when they go up to Canada, it's, uh, it, it's the commitment that you have to make in the sense of the contracts are binding and there's not necessarily a way out of that as much as you think that uh, you're going to utilize it as a stepping stone, as a, as a means to just get film and, and continue to keep yourself sharp and get, get that football uh, game experience and that exposure. Uh, once you sign a contract, you're locked in. I remember when I was coming out of college and I had thoughts of playing in the NFL, and, and even though I didn't get drafted or signed as a free agent to an NFL team, I thought, well, I'll go to Canada for a year, and then I'll try my luck back in the National Football League. Well, Wally Bono was the GM of the Calgary Stampeders and head coach at the time, and he had sent me a two-year contract, which had an option year attached, which is the, the organization's option. It's not the player's option, so it was a three-year contract, basically. Well, I signed right. the first year, and... I signed the first year and sent it back thinking, well, I don't want to lock myself into a three-year deal. Wally got me on the phone, uh, no cell phones back in those days, called my parents' house, got me on the house phone, and uh, said, you either sign the second year or there is no contract. You won't be playing in the Canadian Football League. Well, that was a, uh, an eye-opener right there that, hey, this was my only opportunity to really play football to continue to do what I love to do. I wasn't getting opportunities in the NFL, so I better sign that second year and lock myself in. And, and for me, it, it turned out working out. I ended up having a five-year career in Canada. I loved playing in the Canadian Football League. I even thought that after that fifth year and winning the Grey Cup and all those great things, that the NFL probably wasn't going to happen for me, that I may have a 10 to 15 years CFL career and just, hey, make the most of it. Yeah, I wasn't making the money that they were making the NFL, but I was making enough to survive and to go year to year and do what I love to do. And, and then all of a sudden things changed for me. I mean, I think that uh, the Wilder situation, I can relate to it in the sense of I understand what these U.S. athletes are thinking when they go up to Canada, they don't necessarily believe that it's going to be a lifetime uh, experience for them. They feel like all I need is a year or two years, and then I'm going to get that opportunity in the NFL. And uh, obviously he's thinking about it in a little bit different sense with the fact that he's got children. He, he feels like he needs to uh, provide more, but uh, you know what? you're not going to get the opportunity to provide more because of the contract. So, yeah, it's a difficult situation. I get what he's thinking about. Hey, I don't want to injure myself. I don't want to put myself out there. But you take chances every day, and if it's worth the risk, you're going to go out there and you're going to battle and you're going to do what you love to do, and $56,000 is better than nothing. And uh, you either go play football or you go and stock shelves at uh, a convenience store, and that's not going to pay you what you need in the meantime, this at least keeps you in the game, keeps you relevant, and keeps you competing at a high level. That's a great answer, Jeff. You know, not to switch topics real quick, uh, there's something I always like to hear uh, uh, to ask professional athletes um, being part of the show has allowed that, me to have that opportunity to do so. 
So looking back at your career, I'm always interested uh, to find out what is like the most memorable play of your life? What is it something of Pop Warner or high school or college? What's like the one thing you look back or NFL or Canadian Football League? I'm always interested to hear what's that one play or that best team you're ever on or like, you know, just like a defining moment when you look back in your career and your lifetime that you kind of always mentally go to. Yeah, I think, you know, I've been fortunate. I played the game for a long time and to narrow it down to just one play or one situation is a difficult thing to do. But I think there are a couple moments that really uh, uh, exemplify what I was as a player and what I was able to attain or achieve uh, through the team experience. And I think you look at the 1998 Grey Cup championship, being able to win a championship at any level is difficult to do. And uh, to be able to do that with my teammates there in Calgary, uh, to win a championship, to win a title, it's what you set out. That's the ultimate goal that you set out at the start of the season to achieve. And to be able to finally do that as a team um, is one of those moments that I'll always remember. We had a great chemistry, a great bond uh, with the teammates that I had on that team. It was much like a college atmosphere in the sense of how well we got along together, how we hung together, how we did things together on and off the field. And, and uh, to, to end that season uh, at the, at the top of that mountain, so to speak, uh, is, is what it's all about. And then, then I have to look at my NFL career and a lot of great moments, but I think there's one definite, definite defining moment and that's the, uh, the comeback playoff win against the New York Giants when I was playing with the San Francisco 49ers. To be able to uh, come back from 24 points down with a little over a quarter left in the game and to uh, do it the way that we did, uh, the touchdown run that I had from about 20 yards out and then the, the touchdown throw to tie streets uh, with a couple minutes left in the game to, to take the lead just uh, in – in San Francisco, which is an hour away from where I grew up, and to have so many family and friends and supporters there in that stadium just watching and being a part of that experience was something that, again, it just is going to live with me and it'll live with, with those people that were there forever. That was an experience and, and, and uh, an opportunity and excitement that it's rare to, uh, to, to be a part of and to match in those sort of ways. So those were two moments that were uh, very special in my career amongst the many moments that I've been able to, to have and to, uh, to basically carry with me throughout my life. Hey, Jeff, before we let you go, just wanted to uh, kind of give you an opportunity uh, to talk about uh, FanCom. Uh, I know we got you involved in FanCom.Fan. I was explaining to Johnny a little bit about it. But if you don't mind, just kind of give our listeners a quick little a brief summary of FanCom and what it's doing and, and what it's doing for the fans. Yeah, I think when you look at uh, football, it's such a, a national game. It's People are passionate about it, and it doesn't just go through one season. It is, it is year-round. And I think here's an opportunity through social media, which is so much a part of our lives today with uh, Instagram, with Twitter, with Facebook. Here's another form of social media, but it's very – uh, specific in the sense that it is football related and it's about sharing your opinions, your voice, 
your 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 knowledge of the game with other professional players that have been elite players like myself uh, from different teams around the National Football League that have loyalties to certain teams because of who they represented while they were playing and to be able to communicate with those guys, to be able to ask questions, to be able to get into conversation with uh, the likes of a John Randall from Minnesota or whoever it may be. And uh, you have a lot of guys that are on uh, fancom.fans right now that are, that are talking about the upcoming game that are communicating with fans and keeping it clean. It's not a bullying. It's not a, 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 a negative. It's not a, uh, no trolling. There's no profanity allowed. It, it's no trolling. Uh, it's completely. Uh, it's free. Uh, it's it's completely free of that negativity in the sense that we want to keep it clean. We want to keep it positive, and, and not to say that you can't uh, give your two cents about what you think about an organization or a team in the sense of your opinion. But but we're going to keep it clean, and and that's I think so important, especially when you get kids involved or or youth involved who want to follow the game who want to communicate with some of their heroes from the past and uh and i think it's just a great uh a great opportunity for people to be a part of it and to really have quality um quality conversations about the game of football yeah it's a great site and it's an opportunity, like you said, for fans to just kind of dive right in with the players and have an experience that they normally would never have had. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy for it. I hope it works out. I think it's a great site. I think it's going to go a long way. Uh, anybody that wants to go check out Jeff, it's fancom.fans. Uh, you can find Jeff and all other all kinds of uh, Hall of Famers like John Randall is on there. Oh, yeah. Um, Hall you got, of Famers, uh, Super Bowl winners. Super Bowl Brian winners, Brian Westbrook. Westbrook. That's it. Simeon Wright. You got a lot of current. Yeah. So a lot lot, lot of of players that have. Yep. Yep. It's going to be, it's a great, it's a great opportunity. So get out there. Uh, Jeff, we want to thank you for being on the show, buddy. Uh, Four-time pro bowler uh, in the NFL, four-time West division all-star, a great cup champ, great cup MVP. Uh, Couldn't say enough about what you've done as far as playing and also into your coaching career. Uh, we look forward to your next opportunity. Are we going to see you coaching in the XFL? I mean, is that a possibility for you? <laughs> well, shoot, it's uh, tough to get my foot in the NFL door, you know, and I thought that there might be an opportunity to be coaching in the NFL this year, and uh, that uh, didn't necessarily happen. But uh, you never know. I think with new opportunities out there, which I think is great for the players because there aren't enough opportunities at the professional level uh not enough jobs in the canadian football league and the national football league for all the talent that is out there and that is continuing to develop so to have the xfl coming back in and giving those opportunities like a uh a minor league like a developmental league that so many of these other professional sports have that the nfl has not yet embraced i think it's uh, important to continue to develop those players as well as those coaches. And maybe this will be an opportunity for me to get out there and coach some quarterbacks or be an offensive coordinator or do whatever I love doing as far as my passion is concerned and my knowledge from playing the game right. most of my life. 
And you were already a part of a new league. You were a part of the UFL at one point for the Omaha Nighthawks uh, back in 2010. So you're no stranger to a new league coming in. And I think you'd be a great fit in the XFL. I, I, I can't wait. You know, I'm a big fan of yours. I can't wait for you to get get back in and, and, and have some success coaching because I think that's, that's next on your list. And one thing I wanted to say before we let you go, I know you're very vocal about quarterbacks. And I always tell everybody – Jeff Garcia says, if you play quarterback in the National Football League or any football league, your quarterback coach better have played the position of quarterback or else you won't be successful. That is that is direct from Jeff Garcia. Am well, I right or wrong? This, well, I, it's not to say you can't be successful, but what I'm saying is that is the most, and I don't want to put the quarterback position above other positions, but let's be real. It is the most important position in the National Football League, or in football in the sense of from a leadership standpoint and an execution standpoint. And I think that when you coach that position, you got to have an idea of what it feels like to take a drop, to be in that pocket, to see through lanes, to make decisions, to make decisions with pressure coming down your face. And I think that's why I say the things that I say about the importance of having some sort of experience in playing that position in order to truly understand and coach that position. Excellent, man. Anybody who wants to find Jeff, you can re- find him on Twitter, at Jeff Garcia, J-G-F-A. Uh, he, he does a lot of tweeting, and he's very knowledgeable, he, and he's, he's responsive. So hit him up on Twitter. He'll love to answer your questions, I'm sure. Uh, but, Jeff, thanks so much for being on. Uh, we'll let you get back to your kids, Thanks, man. Sorry, sorry we kept you on so long here, but uh, man, no you were you were great, very informative. We'd love to have you back soon, and maybe after the Eagles win the Super Bowl, we'll get you back on. All right, sounds good, guys. Take care. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks, Jeff. You, you too. too. Take care, buddy. Okay. Bye. Bye, bye. Jeff Garcia, Johnny. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just got to. There was so much information in that interview from Jeff. Uh, probably one of the more informative uh, interviews that we've had. Informative, detailed, uh, definitely opinionated, which is always great in a radio guest. Uh, Just, you know, knowledgeable and has firsthand experience of what it's like to be an NFL quarterback. And it's, uh, you know, as the Eagles being my second favorite team, uh, it's so funny to hear all the the backup Eagle quarterbacks. You've had uh, Jeff Garcia with Donovan McNabb, yeah. who had that playoff run. You've got Nick Foles now with Carson, uh, Carson Wentz. And then to have Frank Reich as the offensive yeah. corner. I never put well, two and two What about together. Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe? Yeah, same exact. I mean, it's yeah. the same exact thing that yeah. poor Drew Bledsoe. Uh, we even <laughs> had it in the national title game this year, Jake Brom and Nick Eason. And then yep. we had Jalen Hurts and the Hawaiian that nobody can pronounce his last name. Yep. So, Tuman and Natoa. Okay. God bless you. <laughs> uh, folks, if you want to see if it's called, we only got a couple of minutes left here. 657-383-1684. Again, that's 657-383-1684. Uh, we're going to have about two minutes here. Johnny, if you can call in and, and want to win a prize from one of our local uh, local businesses, we've got gift certificates from Jimmy Hula's, Larry's Giant Subs, Famous Steve's Diner, Greek Town Taverna, Zappies, The Grind, uh, Peach Valley, Bodies, Bodies by Tasso. Uh, give us a call. We'll be we'll get about two minutes, and if you call in, we'll let Johnny ask you a, a trivia question. It won't be that hard. No, in fact, his last one was probably the easiest thing. So this one will be around the same kind of uh, caliber, same kind of caliber <laughs> of what we got going on. 
man, Jeff Garcia, put everything into perspective. He's played in Canada. He's played in the UFL. He's played in the NFL. So he understands everything that's happening. He's been a coach in Canada. He's been a coach in the NFL. Is there anything this guy hasn't done? I mean, the, the knowledge that we just got in the last 30 minutes, I got to tell you, it's, it was it, awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, this guy was throwing a Terrell Owens at one point. He mentioned Ty Streets. Uh, I remember Ty Streets. He played at uh, Michigan, played for him, and he threw a, a phenomenal touchdown to him as well in that New York Giants comeback. So uh, pretty cool of him to, to get on with us. And that's what we do here on uh, the Three and Out Show, man. We get guys on here uh, who are informative, who know the business and know what we're talking about. Uh, so it's great to have them on here. Uh, this show obviously was sponsored by Johnny's favorite restaurant in Daytona Beach, 555 Seabreeze Boulevard, the Oyster Pub. The 555 Seabreeze Boulevard. The one and only Oyster Pub, home of the Charles Grilled Oysters, uh, the best you'll ever have. Uh, well, uh, if you ask the doc. Well, the good thing about uh, doing a plug for the Oyster Pub spot today is that uh, the doctor's not here to say you know, what he really thinks. So, uh, but Oyster Pub, number one spot. But Sammy, I think we got a call. We do. Well, let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. Hey, thanks for calling the Three and Out Show. You're on with Sammy G and JZL. Hi, this is your mother. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> hey, Mom. Hey, well, hi. I Hi, Johnny. I, I love when you're on. I, I miss Doc and, and Sean, but I love when Johnny's on. Um, I just wanted to tell you that I was really uh, surprised to know about the CFL being the first uh, organization to um, whatever with football players. Um, I, I always thought NFL. First professional was, sports was, organization. Yeah, I always thought it was the NFL, so I was really surprised to hear that it was the CFL. Uh, I was happy to hear tonight about the XFL, so I think that's really neat to have another uh, organization coming up. And uh, I really liked Mr. Garcia. I like the fact that he has really enjoyed his day in the sun and that he is so open and, like Johnny said, opinionated, but... It's all those years of experience, and I really appreciated uh, his comments. So um, that's all I wanted to tell you. So oh. um, I know I can't, I can't win a prize, and I know you. No, you definitely don't qualify for any prizes. I, I know that's just too I, bad. I can't have you but walking anyway. into a local eatery with the gift certificate that was given to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, but I, I just want to tell you that I, I really, I'm proud of you, Sammy, and I really did enjoy you have, listening did, to you. Did you want to have Johnny ask what? you a trivia question anyway, just to see if he, see if you could get it right? Okay, but just as long as it's yeah. not real tough. No. Uh, who's supposed to be here tonight that's not here tonight? Sean? Oh, I was going with the doc, but that Sean works too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a multiple question. Multiple, multiple answers. Yeah, it was yeah, a trick so question. Trick question. You got it right. All right. All right, well, thanks, Mom. Yeah, right. Good thank you, Renee. Uh, good night. Good night. Good night. Oh, uh, she thought she was going to sneak in a gift certificate, I think. Nah, she knew. Yeah, oh, well, she tried to put guilt to send Well, they are good gift certificates. They are. They are. I can't fault them for that. They are. They're good. Uh, Johnny, before we get off, uh, I want to say one more thing about uh, off football for a second. Okay. Have you heard about this uh, Cleveland Indians, Wahoo, Chief Wahoo? You mentioned it, but I have not heard that. Yet. So, you know, the Chief Wahoo that goes on the Cleveland, it's yeah. no longer allowed. Oh, wow. 
the Indians have the natives have spoken. <laughs> Literally, they are. They, but uh, today there was a there was a Roger Goodell went on and said that he doesn't see any reason why the Redskins should change their name and or the Chiefs or the Chiefs. You know, it's it's a tough situation to be in. Okay. Uh, uh you know, we've got the Seminoles here. You've sure. got uh, the Indians. You've got the the Red. Like to me, the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves. Now, to me, exception of the Redskins, I think the other ones are uh, names that are that have great value, like I'm important to be a chief or to be like it. It shows proud to be proud of sure. something. I can see where there's a flaw with the Redskins. Thing. <laughs> That's a little maybe too much to handle. It's possible. But you know, Washington has a. I guess Washington has a history of picking the worst team names ever. Uh, I mean, they were the Bullets for all those years. They blew a little music. You know, I never understood the backlash against the Seminoles as a, as a tri- an Indian tribe. Yeah. Like you're be- paying respect. Yeah. Like, you know, you're yeah. proud of it. So. And they I, were winners at once. And they were winners at once. Yeah. They were the fifth best team in Florida this year. <laughs> My Gators being sick. They were the fifth best team? I believe so. You have UCF, UCF, UCF and USF. Miami. Uh, Miami. West Florida Argos. West Florida Argos. FIU. Yeah, FAU. F- there were seven. Florida was eight. <laughs> Actually, I think Bethune Cookman had a better Bethune record. Bethune Cookman might have had a better record. Yeah, and, oh, and uh, Jackson, JU. I J-U think, had a, yeah, so I, I think they might have been like 10. Needless to say, what are we going to call the Cleveland Indians now? Are we going to call them the Clevelands? What I do we call them? The Cleveland LeBron Jameses? What, I, what do you call them now? I don't know. So the the mascot's not allowed. But well, Chief Wahoo be- is no longer. He's the best one of the best mascots in baseball. Not only is he one of the best mascots, he's also part of one of the greatest movies of all time. The ever. And then we also post game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it. <laughs> I mean, how can you go wrong? Just a bit outside. With Major League. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. It, it, it was part of it's part of sports history. I mean, Chief Wahoo. That's too what's... too high. Too yeah. high, no, too too high. It's it's I I that's disappointing to hear. It should. Not only that, I, tell me what we're gonna call these guys. That's what I want to know. What are you gonna call the Cleveland Indians, huh? Well, you could have called them losers until the the LeBron won the title there. We're not gonna call them the Cleveland Browns because they suck. Yeah, and that to me is probably an offensive name too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What's that all about? Imagine being called the Browns now. Yeah. I would not want to be a Brown anything at no, this point. That's horrible. That, that happens. Oh well. If you're so, so Cleveland and Washington, boy, they did a horrible job of picking long term yeah. names. I mean, are they gonna have a TP in the left field anymore? I just don't know. Are we gonna see a wild thing, Ricky Vaughn coming out of the out of the bullpen any I just don't know. I you know what it is? People just stop Freaking crying. Yeah, stop crying. What the, why does everything offend somebody? This is that everybody gets a trophy mentality that we have in this world today, man. It is so sad. Chief Wahoo should – that's, that's like what – why don't they just knock down the, 
the green monster in Fenway Park too while they're at it. Maybe the, maybe that's gonna offend somebody like an alien that's gonna come. I, I don't know. You know, I'm Greek descent. I I guess I never want to hear the term Zorba the Greek again. I mean, yeah, Zorba the Greek offensive. Yeah. Like I'm or Jimmy the Greek. Jimmy the Greek. Come on. Yeah. I said a little controversial things, but sure. you know, he is what he is. Yeah. So. It's, it's, Stop being a wuss, man. Everyone, just everyone takes themselves and what other people say too seriously. No doubt about it. And I couldn't be more upset about that whole thing. Well, John, I think we're at the end of our show tonight, buddy. Uh, let's victory formation. Get this thing going. want to thank everyone for listening in tonight. Uh, I know that some people, we should call our show the State of the Union. The State of the Union and college football is strong. That's it. It's way strong, but we're we'll go, we're gonna go watch the State of the Union with. I guess we're gonna see what he's got to say. I'm yeah. very interested. Uh, you know, I like science fiction as much as the next guy. So. <laughs> listen, we're, we're, this is a non-political show, so we are not gonna talk about him. I'm equally offensive to both Democrats and Republicans, okay. so don't uh, think I wait. I, I stay on the party line. That's it. Uh, again, we want to thank our sponsor, uh, the Oyster Pub, 555 Seabreeze Boulevard, they come to East Florida. Uh, you can th- visit their website, johnny'sfavoriterestaurant.com. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny will plug them all day.com. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank Jeff Garcia for being on the show tonight, man. Couldn't, couldn't have been a better guest for us to have. Uh, four-time Pro Bowler, uh, former Philadelphia Eagle quarterback, uh, former awesome guy, man. He's just a good dude. Sammy, who you got Sunday? Dude, I, 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 you just can't bet against Tom Brady, man. You can't bet against them, but I'm pulling for the Eagles. Not I, now, if it was anyone but the Eagles or a Florida team, I'd, I'd be pulling for the Pats because I like seeing history, and what we're seeing right now is yeah. history being made. So well, I'm a diehard Dolphins guy, yeah. always have been. So it's strange that I am a Patriots fan, and I love Tom Brady, and I love Bill Belichick. I, I love winners, so. Until they lose, I'm rooting for the Pats, buddy, and I think they're uh, I think they're going to do it. I, and Doc said it last week that uh, Tom Brady's hand surgery that they were talking about was just adding a six finger on for his sixth string. That's great. Uh, that was pretty funny. But, uh, oh, I just, go, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I'm sorry. that's it. I just think uh, I think it's just Tom Brady's going to win. I, I don't. I would love to say that uh, it's an underdog's year and and it's going to happen for the Eagles, but. Is this the Patriots' worst team to make a Super Bowl? The thing about Tom Brady, let me tell you about Listen, I hate to brag about and talk about somebody that, again, I'm a Dolphins fan. But, dude, look what Tom Brady's done. I don't know that he's had a worse team because every team, every year, he's had a put-together team. He's never thrown to the same guy for more than three years. He he, he had Randy Moss for one year. He had Deion Branch for a couple of years. He had Troy Brown for, like, a half a season. I mean, the list goes on and on. He's had a different running back every year almost. And Gronk is His out defense, every other week. Yeah, Gronk's basically not, shouldn't even play. I mean, he, he he's he basically worthless. They, they haven't announced They said he was supposed to practice, but who knows? I think he's going to play. I think it's another uh, mind game by Belichick. It's Aaron Hernandez coming back to play. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think he is, but you never know. I bet there'll be an Aaron Hernandez jury's jersey. Still out on that one. The jury is still out on that. <laughs> I think the jury's in on that one, bro. Yep. Uh, but you know, I just think uh, you know he what he's done with, and I we got a friend Don Young, Yubi uh, to those that matter, uh, hates Tom Brady. He's a diehard. He's a diehard Raiders fan. Tuck roll. He, he hates the Tuck roll. He truly believes in his heart that if the Tuck roll never happened, Tom Brady would not be who Tom Brady is. I, I just find that very hard to believe, man. 
I just think Tom Brady was going to do it no matter where he went. And, uh, again, he's done it with a different piece every single year. His defense has been different. They may have had a couple guys that stayed a few years, but for as far as the entire gelled team, it has been a makeshift operation his entire career. So what he's done, I mean, listen, dude, he's got three white receivers right now. He's got he's got Amendola, four. If you count him, he's got Amendola, Edelman, Gronk, Chris Hogan. And they would say in Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, there's not anything wrong with it, but I just the guy's just doing some great things with 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 a makeshift squad, you know. So non-pro bowlers. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, well, here's the thing about the Pro Bowl: they can't ever go to the Pro Bowl. You want to no, know why? Because it's the week before. Because they're always the played in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. They're like the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh-huh. They don't. They only hang national championship <laughs> banners. They don't hang conference banners. Same with the the, the Pro Bowlers from New England. They don't care. They, they get they get selected, but they don't go because they're playing in the Super Bowl always. Uh, anyways, Johnny, any last words before we get out? Of, let me ask you, you. You're an Eagle. You said you're going for the Eagles, yes. right? Okay, just to make sure. Just uh, and we don't know who the Doc's going for because uh, Doc's not on the show apparently. Doc's so. got to be going for the Patriots, even though I, uh, I don't know. His son wants the Eagles to win because yeah, it's, his, his school his school mascot. Whereas my kid's school mascot is the Patriots. Is it really? Yes, it is. Well, there you go. So, I like uh, it. either way, we're, uh, the JZL family will be winners. That's it. Well, thanks a lot for listening tonight. Uh, you can find the show on iTunes. Just search 3 and Out. Uh, just spell out the words 3 and Out on your iTunes store. You can find us there. You'll see a big third down marker uh, with our name on it. Feel free to like it, share it, subscribe to it. Uh, and uh, we, we thank everybody for calling in. Uh, well, my mom. Yep. Okay. So it's okay to get a shameless plug for your mom. It's, it's nothing wrong with that. No. And, you know, I noticed Patrick Wu is calling me right now, but I'm about to tell him that he missed out tonight. So I'll yeah. tell him to call back. <laughs> sorry to give you the bump, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick, sorry. Uh, Johnny says uh, you're on to the next show, buddy. Anyway, thanks again, guys. We really appreciate uh, everybody. John, what, what do you want us to take out tonight? You want to take us out to the Nature Boy? Sure. Okay. Johnny, Johnny, you wanted so hard to so so badly to play. I mean, it's so I'm such a big fan of the Nature Boy, and then I mean, what are the chances of that? Patrick. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys. See you next Tuesday, eight o'clock for the next episode of Three Dogs.